0: self-care.
1: Freedom is self-care. It's not about pedicures. It's not about clothing. It's not about trips.
0: Join us as we journey through sharing together. Today, I'm sitting down with freelance illustrator and artist, Andrea Pippins. I've been a fan of her work for years now. So having her on the show makes me extremely excited. Today, we're going to be chatting about motherhood, self-care, and of course, her art. I think you guys are really gonna enjoy this conversation. Here's Andrea's story. Hey girl. Hey girl. Hi Andrea, thank you so much for being with us today. How are you?
1: I am wonderful, thank you. I'm really excited to chat with you. I am too,
0: I've been, um, it's so crazy. When I was compiling my list of women that I wanted on the show this season, You were at the top of my list, so I am so excited that we are going to be able to dive in and talk about all the different changes that are going on in your life and with your career. I'm very excited to dive in. So for those Hey Girl listeners who may not be familiar with you and your work, can you give us a little background on who you are and what you do?
1: Sure. Um, it's so funny because it's always changing, I feel like. <laughs> but more recently, I am a full-time illustrator. I do some children's books, but mainly freelance illustration, a little bit of graphic design, but my, my realm covers illustration, and I also just call myself an artist. That is
0: absolutely wonderful. Your artwork is something that I've been following for years back when you were blogging on the Fly Girl blog and you had your t-shirts with the curly hair, words and squiggles. And that's kind of how I stumbled across your work years ago. Can we talk a little bit about your evolution from, I know you were teaching at one point, right? And now you are living abroad with your family. Can you walk us through that transition from you know, just the changes that you've gone through over the years as an artist.
1: Sure. As I mentioned, my background is in graphic design. I went to school for graphic design and I worked professionally for five years, first at Hallmark Cards. And then I moved into on-air promotions, working at TV Land, Nick at Night for a few years. And then I decided I wanted to go back to school to get my master's in graphic design so I could teach on a college level. Mm -hmm. So I got my master's and um, I taught for five years at three different universities. And in that period, I was really feeling like, you know what, I, I miss being creative. I miss making my own art. And at that time, you know, teaching, I was basically nurturing the creativity of, of young people, which I love and love working with students. But I really I was really missing that time and energy to, to make my own. So I, I did a little bit of that on my own on my off hours and was doing freelance design doing freelance illustration and it slowly evolved into this kind of like full-time teaching gig and then full-time design and illustration gigs i was managing really two careers Mm -hmm. almost Mm -hmm. and i realized i was just burnt out it was a lot to to do both and i decided to take a leap of faith and go full-time as an illustrator graphic designer and eventually just full-time illustration
0: So that leap of faith, when did you feel like, okay, this time is right? Because I know a lot of people have that question for me and other artists who have been on the show, just how do you guys take that leap of faith? And especially when you are in the creative career worlds, like writing or painting or graphic design and everything else in between, when did it feel right for you to dive into that work full time?
1: It was a lot of work for yeah. me to get to a place where I felt like I I I could do it. Part of it was I started going to therapy. I was in a place. It was like 2013, and I remember I was offered a job opportunity in New York City to be a senior designer, and it was a six-figure gig. And mind you, I was teaching at this time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is a really great opportunity. And I was asking everybody, what did they think about it? Which in hindsight, I knew that that was a clue to it was not the move for me. Mm -hmm. I decided not to accept the position and I felt really, really sad. I was depressed because I'm like, Okay, well, if teaching is not for me and if this, this big design opportunity, six figure opportunity is not for me, then what am I supposed to be doing? And instead of just kind of going deeper into sadness and depression, I started doing the work. I started, you know, journaling even more and started doing things that I like to do. So that was creating, I was making art. And a friend of mine who had started going to this life coach recommended that I see this person. And I started going to her, which was awesome. And she helped me kind of peel back the layers of why was I afraid to work for myself? And she made me feel confident enough to say, you know what, I could try this and everything will be okay. It was just this fear that I was kind of holding on to. So I was, you know, making art, I was selling art at art markets, I was going to art workshops, I was going to gallery openings, just kind of in this realm of being an artist while still holding on to my full-time job. And then taking these little steps here and there, okay, I decided I'm going to leave this teaching Career, but I was, you know, reaching out to former colleagues to let them know about what my my plan was going to be, and kind of setting some things in, in place for that transition, and trying to plan as much as I could, saying, okay, this is how much money I need, this is what I what steps I can take, this is what opportunities that I'll try to seek out to, you know, meet these income goals, and then finally, I felt confident enough to tell my supervisor at the time, you know, I'm I'm leaving at the end of the semester. So it was it was work it was uh, it was about i would say Four to, to six months of kind of putting these ducks in a row to make myself feel confident enough to to make that jump.
0: Right. It never happens overnight. You have to put in the work. Like I tell people all the time, it took me, I mean, it was years before I dove into entrepreneurship. And when it was time for me to leave my job, it was very scary. But like you, I put these ducks in a row and I decided, you know what, this is what I need to, to either fly or fail. And hopefully I fly, <laughs> you know, and I don't Absolutely. fail, but... If I do fail, at least I know, OK, what what can I do differently moving forward? So did you have any backup plans? Because entrepreneurs, a lot of times we don't. We just kind of like not wing it, but we yeah. have our, our our focus. Right. But did you have a backup plan? Like, OK, if this doesn't work out, what is my plan B going to look like?
1: I didn't, Alex. Um... <laughs> And I actually, this is what I don't recommend because I didn't have like a safety net of savings in the bank when Mm -hmm. I left. I was just like, okay, I'm just going to make this happen. So I felt like I really just had to make it happen because I needed to to make money to, you know, cover my bills and rent and everything. Right, right. But no, I I didn't have a plan B. I just felt strongly, I just believed that it was the right step to take and i knew that you know if all else did fail that i could you know teach again i could get a full time graphic design position if i needed to but for me at the end of the day it didn't really feel like an option because i knew this other path was the path that i really wanted to take
0: absolutely that really helps me segue into this next part of the conversation self care as an entrepreneur so knowing mm-hmm. and trusting and believing that this work is going to come to fruition and this work is going to be successful and all these affirming words that we like to use with ourselves when we are trying to make things really come to fruition. How does self-care play a role for you as a business owner? And not only that, you're a wife and a mom. So how are, mm-hmm. how are you maneuvering that right now?
1: Well, um, <laughs> <laughs> I will say... So self-care for me, and this is something I really learned in my therapy sessions, is mandatory. Mm -hmm. For me, I need to be in alignment. I need to be grounded in order for me to just, you know, navigate all these other things that are happening, good, bad, ugly, whatever, mm-hmm. I need to have, I need to be committed to my practice and And when I'm not, I can feel it, I can feel that things are just starting to kind of, it feels like it's starting to crumble yeah. when I'm not journaling or doing my meditation or even taking time to drink some tea. Mm-hmm. Like even that really centers me. So Issa, my son, is nine months old, and I've, I've been officially married since January. So that's about four months. So all of it is still so new. Yeah. Moving to this country uh, in Sweden. So, you know, I've only been here for just over a year, and I'm still trying to figure out, okay, well, where does my self-care practice fit in all of this? So right now, it's just getting it in when I can. Mm-hmm. And just you know, it's important to my husband too. So he he does his meditation. So we always try to check in with each other and make sure. And you know, he says, "Did you get a chance to meditate?" Or vice versa. Making sure that we give each other time to journal. So it, it's great that we you know can support each other in that way. And being okay if there's a day that you miss and you don't get a chance to do that. Not feeling like anxious or. Or feeling like things are just terrible because, you know, you didn't make that time. Right. So, you know, giving yourself permission to say, okay, you know, I didn't get to do it today, but maybe tomorrow take a little extra time.
0: So I love that you guys are standing in self-care together. That's wonderful. Ryan and I started meditating together again last week, mm. and because we had been doing it for a while, and then you know you fall off, and then you do it individually, and then you try to come back together and do it. And we were really looking for a way to connect before his early mornings, and the morning meditations has been wonderful for us. So I think that it's it's so great hearing the other couples do that, and you know that are able, yeah. you know we're able to stand with each other in that. You know, I think that's absolutely beautiful. Let's talk about living in Stockholm and how did you end up there and why? From your photos, it looks like such a beautiful place to explore and and to live. How has it been settling in from, you know, I guess living
1: here in the U.S. to living there? Yeah, so it is a really beautiful city. And I think outside of Anywhere in Great Britain or the United Kingdom, it's an ideal place for an English-speaking person mm-hmm. who wants to live in a country that is not an English-speaking country in Europe. So it's so ideal, and that I do have that European experience, but I don't have the immediate pressure of learning to speak Swedish, mm-hmm. which I hope to do to learn at some point, but it really just alleviates a lot of stress and not being able to speak the language. So that's really great. But I ended up here because my partner, he's Swedish. We met in DC. We went on a date when he was visiting friends and, it was so funny because we it was supposed to just be a coffee date, and we ended up having a seven-hour date where it just led from coffee to dinner to drinks, and then we were like, okay, well, you know, what are we gonna do next? And the next thing I know, we're like going back and forth, and finally, because my work and I'm an entrepreneur, I can pretty much work anywhere. Right. We decided together that I would move here until we figure out, you know, where our landing place will be. And in the midst of all that, I got pregnant and we decided that, you know, this is an ideal place to raise a family. So for now we're, we'll be here in, in Sweden and it's been an adventure, yeah. I'll say, because so much has happened. So that was 2015 that we were going into three years. So between us meeting, having a baby, getting married, me moving to a new country, all happened in the short span of time. So I feel like I'm always still kind of adjusting. Stockholm is beautiful. There are things that I miss about home. I miss my grocery stores. I miss, of course, you know, family and friends. There, there are a lot of different kinds of communities here. So it's pretty diverse, mm-hmm. despite what a lot of people might think. Mm-hmm. But in terms of Americans, African Americans, mm-hmm. I miss my community. I miss seeing certain folks and you know being able to have that kind of cultural connection those are some things that you know those cultural nuances that i'm still trying to kind of figure out and navigate uh, are things that i'm you know still figuring out here so
0: i was going to ask that how has that been culturally for you guys being a couple of color and you being a black woman in europe how has that
1: been for you guys you know, so Samir, this is where he grew up and he grew up in a community that was super diverse and all his friends are people of color. So for him, it's not like this is home, right? you know, so... It's home, and the way that he grew up in comparison to how we grew up in terms of color, right. it's it's very different, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Me coming here as a woman of color, the black woman, and this is a question I get a lot because I'm always I'm always trying to think how do I answer that without really knowing or understanding all the cu- the cultural nuances yet. I don't really know how my skin color plays into it mm-hmm. yet. Mm-hmm. So you know, this is a generalization, but people can be colder here because you know when you walk in the street back at home people might say hi or even just smile and that doesn't really happen here so now I I can only say that it's just a cultural difference it's not necessarily because of my skin color but then I don't really know because I'm still you know figuring it out right well Um, that's good at least you don't feel that way I think that's great actually (laughs) yeah (laughs) exactly and then there's always this assumption which I really like People always assume that I speak Swedish, um, so they don't assume just because that I am a person of color that I'm either an immigrant or a visitor, whatever the case is, just automatically assume that I, I speak Swedish. I've been able to find my hair products here, oh, which is great. That is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Were you shocked at that? I was very surprised. <laughs> I, was, I thought it would take a long time, and I thought it would be a store that would be like far for me to get to, but it's actually just two blocks around the corner, and it's a woman who... Um, my goodness, I think she's from Cameroon, and she opened up this shop a few years ago. And she has chemi oil, she has too. she just has like all these different products that you could find at Target. So that that is comforting, even though they're not, you know, all products that I use. It just, it feels good to be able to go in there and see things that I recognize. So that's been awesome.
0: That, that, is, that is really awesome. That kind of makes you feel like, even though you miss the grocery stores and you miss, you know, the, maybe the community vibe at home, you're still getting mm-hmm. a piece of home two blocks away in the I beauty supply cool. store, which is so awesome.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so awesome. I think that's I great. I feel so good going there, yeah.
0: (laughs) So let's talk about color and what inspires your art, because what really draws me to your work is how vibrant and colorful it is. And it makes me feel really happy and warm when I see your images on my social media, when I'm on your website. And how does color and play
1: and culture inspire the work that you do? Man, you know, I I just it makes me happy to hear that you say happy, that the colors make you feel happy or the images make you feel happy, because that's really at the base of what I'm trying to inspire. I I want people to, well, my images are all about celebration, yeah. celebration of the figures that I am either highlighting or trying to portray. And I love doing that with color. I think it's a great way to, for lack of a better word, to celebrate. <laughs> to I was celebrate thinking the, that. hmm yeah, yeah, to make people just, you know, feel good when they see the images. And I don't know if it's because of like the 90s influence when I was coming of age. And, you know, there was a lot of color and fashion and music and just pop culture in general. I feel like maybe that has been infused into my subconscious because when I look at those older images and I look at my work, I'm like, man, there's just such a alignment there in terms of the use of color and the way colors used and shapes and and just how graphic it is. So that's something I always go back to because I just love, I just love bright colors. I love um, patterns and how. Those things work together in terms of culture. You know, I am always looking to celebrate us. Mm-hmm. Us meaning Black women, women of color, and just images that I want to see more of. And it's not me trying to make a political statement. It's not me trying to necessarily be. I, I guess I could say I'm I'm somewhat of a visual activist. But I really just want to celebrate the stories that I feel like don't get shine. I want to create images that I want to see. There are things that I want to see in social media, in publications, in art. And I just figured if I don't see them, I have to make them. It's just as simple as that. So in terms of culture, that's, that's where I'm coming from.
0: I think that that is wonderful. And that's what I get from your work. It's just I feel like celebrating when I see your work, if that makes sense. So I love that you use the celebration of color. You know what I mean? Because that it just really makes me feel like all firecrackery inside. And and my daughter, my oldest, Charlie, she loves your work and she's like a color fanatic. So whenever I show her new things that you've shared on social media. She's like, oh, look at those neon colors. And I love it. It's so bold. Like she just goes crazy, which makes me happy because she's an artist. So I love being able to show her women of color artists who are able to use color and abstract shapes and just different ways of doing things because they don't teach that in school. You know, everything is no. very by the book. So thank you for the work that you do because it is much needed. and it's an honor to be able to see it and just love it. Thank um, you. <laughs> I saw that you the- did a painting in the library at in Europe. Was that in Europe? Yes, that was in in London, in London. Um, okay. um, are you,
1: do you mean the the glass painting? Yes, in? the
0: glass painting. How was that? That was really
1: scary and stressful, really. Can we talk about <laughs> that? Was. That's a huge project. Yes. I went in because I, I agreed to do it and I made the mistake of agreeing to do it without really understanding the scope Mm. of of it because I had never done anything like that before. So I didn't know the right questions to ask in terms of, you know, preparing for that project. So basically it was this series of windows that was overlooking the downstairs section of a bookstore. Mm -hmm which I didn't know. I didn't know either. I thought I was painting the glass window to the street. That's what I thought I was, I was doing. So I showed up and we're like, Oh, okay. We have these, these window panels to paint and they were pretty large. So I was like, Hey, you know, I'm here. I made this commitment. I'm just going to do it. And it actually was, it was a lot of fun, but in the beginning I was like, Oh my gosh, I don't know if I can, if I can do this, but I just, I just did it. So It was therapeutic because I was just, you know, sitting there painting for a few hours Mm -hmm. and people were coming by to say hello. And I actually I had a, a moment where this mom came by. She didn't know anything about the book that I was painting for. So I was painting to promote Young, Gifted and Black. And she had two kids. With her to her son and daughter, and they were just watching. And I had a moment because they were so excited. The kids were so excited. They ended up getting the book, and they came back and asked if I could sign it. And there was just like this pure joy that they were expressing about the book and seeing the painting. And they were excited about me signing the book. When they walked away, I just burst into tears. Oh my goodness. I don't know if it was like a combination of just like stress and, you know, they just kind of alleviated everything, but it was, it was like, I was supposed to be there at that moment to meet them because they were amazing. And that was super good. And I was elated for the rest of the day.
0: That's wonderful because art has a way of speaking to people, art and music and, The fact that you can inspire people through your art and that it's going to outlive you, that is beautiful in itself. I always, you know, I always say to Ryan, like, my books are going to be on this earth long after I'm gone. And the fact that we are able as artists to leave things behind and leave that legacy is, you know, it's life altering. The fact that those young children saw you painting you as a woman of color, painting and loving on them and signing their books, that is life changing. And that's going to stick with them forever. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, for sure. It's so it's magical, to say the least. Art is art is magic. And it definitely, you know, will stay on this planet long after we're gone and that is so beautiful. Join the millions of students, including myself, already learning on Skillshare today with a special offer just for my listeners. Get two months of Skillshare for free when you use my code. That's right. Skillshare is offering Hey Girl listeners two months of unlimited access to thousands of classes for free. To sign up, go to Skillshare.com slash Again, that's Skillshare.com heygirl Hey Girl to start your two months now. You will not regret it. Skillshare.com slash Hey Girl. I recently started wearing a new bra by Third Love and I absolutely adore it. Did you know that breast shape matters when you're finding a good fit? I didn't. Third Love uses data points generated by millions of women who have taken their Fit Finder quiz to design bras with breast size and shape in mind for a perfect fit and premium feel. I found the Fit Finder quiz really helpful when I was picking out my Third Love bra. I didn't know I was wearing the wrong size for so long. I think what's really awesome about this is that over 12 million women have taken the quiz to date, and it's actually a pretty fun experience. I answered a few simple questions, and I found my perfect fit in about 60 seconds. Third Love offers more than 70 sizes, which is more sizes than most other brands, including their signature half-cup sizes. Not only that, but Third Love is convenient. You can skip the trip to the mall, Find your fit with their online Fit Finder, order, try it on at home. No more awkward fitting room experiences. What really sold me on 3rd Love was the 100% fit guarantee. Every customer has 60 days to wear it, wash it, and put it to the test. And if you don't love it, you can return it. And 3rd Love will wash it and donate it to a woman in need. 3rd Love's team of expert fit stylists are dedicated to helping you find your perfect fit. Fit stylists are available every day to help via text, chat, or phone. Returns and exchanges are free and easy. What's not to love? Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now, they're offering Hey Girl listeners 15% off of your first order. Go to thirdlove.com/heygirl to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com/heygirl for 15% off today. To segue into children, your little one, your nine-month-old babe, how has that been transitioning from no children to a child and just that inspiration? Has has Issa's
1: birth inspired you artistically? Yes. And I would say more so indirectly because this is the thing that I'm really excited about is he forces me to play, to do like chill out because before him... I just worked. I worked all the time. And I really, really had to sit down and think, okay, well, you know, that's not going to work with a baby, with a child. And being okay with letting that go, letting that kind of workaholic lifestyle go, Mm -hmm. um, that was a, a difficult transition for me because, you know, I could work as long as I needed to. I could take on as many projects as I wanted to. And then being okay with, you know, saying no, being okay with, he needs me now, this thing has to wait. That was something that took some time and still, you know, I'm still learning, but I'm realizing how important and necessary it is, not just for his needs, but for my own sanity. Being able to play with him, being able to take him for a walk and go to the library, it brings me so much joy to see how excited he is to be in the library space And it's so simple. He's just like, you know, he doesn't really understand yet that these are books and and things. He just, you know, is wandering around and playing. And that that feels it feels really good. And on the other hand, because I have less time, I have to I've had to learn how to use my time better, which is so I think that's something I needed because before I would procrastinate and I would just, you know, take my time and think, oh, you know, I have I could do this tomorrow. But now it's all about, OK, when I, if I know I have this this little window, if he's taking a nap or, you know, he goes to sleep earlier than expected, then I'm like, okay, I have to really, really utilize this time. And I'm I'm smarter about my decisions. I'm more decisive, too, when it comes to, you know, how I use that time or when I'm doing something for work. So in terms of how his presence has inspired my work, it's definitely in that way that I'm just, you know, being really, really smart about how I'm using my time and actually how or what I'm saying yes to in terms of my projects, because I, I really want to make sure that if I'm going to take time away from him, it needs to be worth it. It needs mm-hmm. to feel really good for me.
0: Absolutely. Those boundaries are extremely important, especially in motherhood, <laughs> because it's so easy for us to lose track of time to get sidetracked and, you know, get bogged yes. down with work because, you know, as working mothers, as as self-employed working mothers, We have to, like, get things done, but we also have to make sure that we're taking care of home and putting Mm -hmm. our families and children into the mix, ideally, first, if we can, somewhere, you know, and... I really like how you say that you're making sure that whatever you say yes to is worth it. And I think that that is a great takeaway point for anybody who is wanting to step into this entrepreneurial life <laughs> because Absolutely. We, can't, we can't say yes to everything, even if we want to, no. we can't.
1: Yeah. And I I actually had an incident recently where I was invited to a, um, it was like a blogger influencer event here in Stockholm. And my husband had a a work event the same night. And so we had a conflict and um, we couldn't find a babysitter. And if this had happened before, let's say before ISA, and we had a Samir and I had a conflict, and I couldn't go. Or I I think I would have pined over it. And then this situation, I was like, oh well, I can't go. You know, it is what it is. It's you know, that's it. I yep. can't go. Yeah. And I was totally, I was okay with it. You know, and something in, ended up happening better as a result. And I think because I wasn't sitting there it's just like pining and and super upset that it didn't go down the way I wanted it to go down. So I think it's really forcing me to let things go.
0: I love that. I love that. I think that's a great way to end our show. I really appreciate you spending some time with me this afternoon. Before we wrap up, I would love to get three self-care tips that you have for the Hey Girl listeners that help you in your day-to-day. Wow. (laughs) I know on the spot. I'm sorry.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's a good question though. So there's like so many, I don't know how to to narrow down. Well, one thing that always helps me is I remind myself to, that I get to define my life. So that helps in terms of, you know, if I ever feel like I'm comparing myself to somebody else, or if I feel like things aren't going the way that I, I want them to, I'm like, wait a minute, I stop myself and I say, I get to flip this script. I get to determine how I respond or how I react to something. So that definitely helps me. Self-care tip number two is even if it is just for a minute, take that time to myself and say, thank you, take a deep breath or pray or even write one sentence in my journal. That one minute, it helps. And then the third thing, man, finding a way to smile or laugh every day. I love that. It it just alleviates so much. So yeah, those are my three.
0: Oh, I love that. Thank you so much, can you please tell us where we can find you on the internet and
1: connect with you after the show? Absolutely. So my portfolio site is andreapippins.com. And if people want to find out more about my artwork, inspirations, they can follow me on Instagram at Andrea Pippins. so A-N-D-R-E-A. P-I-P-P-I-N-S. Thank you so much, Andrea. It was a joy having you today. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you for all of the work that you're doing, inspiring us and encouraging us to take care of ourselves.
0: Thank you. That makes me happy. <laughs> <laughs> the Hey Girl podcast is a member of the District Productive. Produced by Paul, Woody Woodhall and me, Alex L. Music by DC's own... Kokai.